You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Howdy. How you doing? I feel good. That's good. There was yeah. a lot of hesitation that makes me think maybe you're not feeling good. No, I was literally just trying to say mm. my normal line in mm. a different way. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Hey, that's fine. Yeah, I feel good. Other than this crink in my neck that uh, I've complained about <laughs> ad nauseum. But not on the podcast. But not on the podcast, no. But to you and Zach and my wife, who oh. <laughs> last night as I was falling asleep, I mentioned something again. I like rolled over. I was like, oh, mm. my neck. And she's like, you've mentioned it like four times. Like, I get it. <laughs> I yeah. was like, There's something oh, special okay. about someone else hearing it a lot. <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe, um, maybe you need a new pillow. Well, see, I didn't incur this particular neck crink from my pillow. Okay. This, I somehow did at some point, (laughs) this makes me sound so old and fragile, (laughs) but lifting <laughs> Abigail or Anna at some point. Okay. So you strained it or turned it or pinched yeah, it Yeah, and something. I think I did something... I think I did it when I was getting one of them out of the car. Hmm. I, don't, I couldn't tell you which one, but I just remember... Yeah, it, probably Anna, because she's in one of those, like, car seats that you, mm. like, lock into a base and you have yeah. to lift off and... It's like the National Treasury made it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Precious cargo right here. Only Nicolas Cage can steal it. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to steal <laughs> the baby of independence. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, other than that, though, I, I feel good. That's good. You know, it's That's good. Great. How about you? Uh, feeling pretty good. Pretty I do, good. You, you threw a modifier yeah. in front of. Yeah. I do that a lot. When modifiers? People, throw yeah. modifiers in front mm-hmm. of things? Or like. Qualifiers, <clears throat> et cetera. Yeah. Let me think how to describe it. I kind of like, I give measured responses to that. Mm. When people are like, oh, how you doing? I'm like, oh yeah, not bad. Like I say, I say that. I say like, oh, not the negative. It basically, not dead yet. Like that <laughs> kind of dumb line. <laughs> Um, cause I'm like, yeah, I don't know. We discussed this before, like the optimist highs or the pessimist oh, yes. high, you know what I mean? It's like a good, good old fashioned, casually normal, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. good old boilerplate content. That's great to me. That's great. I'm feeling content. Oh. I do happen to feel sore in some way every day. <laughs> I, I like wake up from like, your like exercise regimen or just from taking because you were getting old. Oh yes, yes, for your house. Yes, that's right. Your yeah. new your new homestead. So, your yeah. Some it sounds like a lot of work. It didn't need any work, but you you want to make changes, and then you're like, yeah. I'm probably doing some of this wrong. I probably have bad form. <laughs> And it just adds up because then I, cause I do still want to exercise like a, in a, like a reasonable amount and like stay on target. And then you're like, man, I'm just tired. <laughs> I just want to take a nap. And, and then I trap myself because I get into nap seasons. Ooh, when I nap take a nap, seasons. I'm like, next two weeks, I'm going to be napping yeah. every other day. And I have to take a nap. So it, it gets kind of, but I'm, you know, aside from that, at least it makes you feel like you're doing something. That's true. Evidence of the work. It is. In your bones. (laughs) (laughs) I can't remember who said this to me or where I heard it, but it stuck with me. And someone said, work days. So Mm. like, you know, good Christians here, you know, six days, (laughs) you know, of work to some degree, you know, and, and, and Sabbath, you know, however you work that with, you know, two days off work, whatever, whatever. Point being, the end of those days that you're working and laboring, you know, you should feel tired. Mm-hmm. Like, you should go to bed tired. And um, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know. And that's a good feeling, you know. Like, that's a good feeling. It is, actually. It makes that it makes that sleep feel very... And so there's something special when you're, like, just absolutely aching and completely fatigued and you get into bed and you're just, like, solace. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. feels good. That's so weird. Uh, C.S. Lewis talked about that in the uh, the problem of pain, He got actually. it from me. He talked about... <laughs> 
<laughs> no, that he, always feels good when talk- someone like really smart and way cool. Like, oh, he said that too. <laughs> that always makes me feel good. <laughs> yeah, you talked about that. He's like, yeah, there's a certain kind of pain, oddly enough, that is like hmm. pleasant in that, like, oh, like you have this particular ache after a hard day of work and then you climb into bed. You know what? Like, oh, I think nice. he was a benign masochist. <laughs> You know what I mean? You know what I mean? It's like you have that loose tooth and it hurts. There's pain, but you're like, actually, I kind of like it. Benign Can't masochism. Can't ever say that I've ever. What? No, no, no uh-uh. I did not just admit this on the podcast. No, I've never. What? Are you serious? <laughs> you thought this is going to be a moment of connection? I'm I like, thought oh, everyone on planet my, Earth felt like this. Oh, I have paranoia about my teeth. Like, well, I mean, like, sure. Oh. Like you don't want your permanent teeth to do this. No. But yeah, yeah. But Mm-mm. I think it's. I think. I think I'm not making up terms. Benign masochism, like the uh, like a pleasurable pain that is not like serious mm. or damaging no that i mean mm. maybe as a concept but the teeth in like particular. ripping up a, like ripping off a scab okay yeah i get maybe. that yeah there's something i'm really about trying that. to find things now because the yeah, tooth thing is my that's quintessential in, that's in narnia chronicles of narnia yeah ex- uh, with oh exactly he talks about like, how good right there yeah, like lewis that. knew he knew he did <laughs> <laughs> well speaking of other things we've heard um <laughs> what a stretch i know uh, we, we do that around here we're like we're like gumby on the podcast <laughs> The Gumby of, Gumby of transitions. <laughs> oh, man. But um, uh, I'm actually curious. Have you heard the saying or something equivalent roughly to Jesus taught more about money than he did about heaven or hell combined? No, I don't you think heard I that? have. You have. Okay. I've heard that quite a few times. Not mm. numerously, but I've heard that quite a few times. It, um, it does sound like a, a churchy phrasey thing. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd be curious if we took a poll. You know, we put a little <laughs> Facebook poll out there. How many of our, our listeners have heard something like that? Because, you know, it does. It sounds like very... If you hear that for the first time, oh, Jesus taught more about money than he did about heaven and hell combined. Mm. That's kind of like a wake up. Clearly like, someone whoa. did some math. Yeah, it's like, that's crazy. Yeah, wow. Kinda, you know, you wouldn't expect that. Right. You kind of think heaven and hell, it's, you know. Big freaking deal. Yeah. Like, and you'd think Jesus, Lord of heaven and earth, and mm. by his death and resurrection, Lord of heaven and hell. <laughs> like, you'd, you know, probably talk about that more than money. More than money, of course. You know, what is this, you know, Mr. Krabs? You know, we have money. <laughs> you know? So anyway... I actually ran a quick Google search to see if people were still saying such things. Mm. Like if this is just something I'd heard in the past. Right. Because it came up recently again. Some oh. Somehow someone mentioned it. And I was like, I wonder if people are actually still saying that. Like if that's a thing. And they are, as it turns out. Yes, <laughs> you, will, you will find that. Which again, that's a pretty bold statement. And if yeah. that is actually true, it has a lot of implications for how we teach the church about money and possessions and how we yeah. frame like proportionally what we talk about. Like if Jesus proportionally devoted more mm. time to money than he did to heaven and hell, our teaching probably ought to reflect that to some degree, right? That's uncomfortable. About, yeah. Like I'm all about proportion, right? So here's the real question. Is that statement actually true? <laughs> Given yeah. all that, you know what I mean? Did Jesus actually teach more about money than heaven or hell? So that's the question I'm asking at mm. any rate, right? This has to be easily put to the test, though. It's not It's not ambiguous. There's, right. It is mathematic. Yes. Mathematical? And, Mathema- it's math. <laughs> it's arithmetic. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Zach's forte. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, you're exactly right. The thing about bold, clear statements like that is they're pretty easy to put to the test. And thanks to the power of Logos Bible software, <laughs> not sponsored. Though, if, though if, you, if you're listening, if anyone's out there listening and they want to be. Yeah, so thanks to the power of Logos Bible software, we can get an answer to that question hmm. pretty quickly. Yeah, that's what we're here for. Six-minute podcast. Yeah, that's right. Here we right. go. Is here it right? Go. Here's the math. Have here a good day. It is. God bless. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so I ran a power search. So mm-hmm. you can do this. It's pretty amazing. I can put in the speaker and then interact with every time they talk about something that's tagged this sense. Oh. So I don't even have to search the specific word. The amazing thing about Logos is the team there has spent countless man hours tagging oh my everything God. in the tag. Imagine. 
context so that it's not just like, oh, every time the word denarius shows up. Well, you could search for every time Jesus mentioned a denarius, but that denarius is put under the tag family tree of money, which is put under monetary systems. So it's like you just keep going back. It's like you can basically search almost endlessly depending on what you're looking for. It's amazing. So I ran a power search where I asked, where did Jesus speak about money? Mm. And I came up with a grand total of Jesus speaking explicitly Mm. about money five times Mm. in the Gospels. That's it. Five (sighs) times. That does not feel like a contender to me. No. (laughs) So like heaven and hell, what, four and a half? Like, (laughs) five does not feel like a strong argument. No, no, it is not. And for your edification, just so you can check me on this, the references are Matthew 10, 9, 17, 27, 22, 19, and then Luke 9, 3, and 20, 24. Now, I will clarify, okay? I did not include the sense of treasure or possessions in my power search because the claim that you most often hear has to do consistently with money specifically. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So, and I don't think adding a bunch of loopholes, I don't think that's incredibly fair. Yeah. And it doesn't like, if you make your strong point and it's built on a bunch of loopholes, that's also not a great argument. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So here's the thing. A couple questions given the mathematical <laughs> data. First, how did we get to the point where we thought that Jesus actually talked more about money than he did about heaven and hell combined? Mm. And then second, what are we supposed to learn from all this? <laughs> Right. Like, okay, what's what's the point? Yeah. It honestly sounds like the kind of thing that said with like confident authority. And you definitely might have that like religious language in there. And it's apparently what Jesus said. So obviously don't question the human statement. (laughs) Not a chance. They did the math. (laughs) Maybe. Uh, But but I have to wonder, like, what type of person is thinking about money this much and, and also biblical discourse? And then is thinking about some sort of defense or retort in the form of a, like a snappy little maxim. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, who is doing this? Like, like you said, like, where are we getting this yeah. from? Who sat down and invented this little thing? What argument were they trying to win? You know what that's I mean? Right. With the accountant. And, you know, they're like, yeah, hey, right. you know what? He talked about money more. <laughs> like, oh. And then, you know, Job, Job came along. And he's like, your proverbs are maxims of ashes. You know? <laughs> so, so, yeah. So, um, as an answer to the first question, I can only imagine that someone simply looked at all the times Jesus used monetary language, okay, and simply assumed he was talking about actual real-life money every time that monetary language was used, okay? So here's what I mean. If you pull up all those instances, if you actually looked at the piece of paper I printed out that had all those references, you could get around 50 if you counted them. Hmm. But, for example, in the parable of the laborers in the vineyard in Matthew 21 through 16, Jesus several times mentions the denarius, which is a day's wage for a laborer, okay? Actually, specifically mentions it four times. But the point of that parable has nothing to actually do with money itself mm. or the way an employer ought to go about dispensing wages. Like, that's that's not what he's talking about. He's not teaching about money per se. The parable is about the kingdom of heaven. Oh. And Jesus just happened to use monetary language to describe it. That is the Uno reverse card right yes. there. <laughs> you thought it was about money. Guess what? It's Wrong. about the kingdom of heaven. It's the exact reverse. That is yeah, amazing. It, right? Yeah, so it, it's decidedly not Jesus giving his own version of financial peace university. Okay? <laughs> like, you know, that's it. All, all, cred, all, all creds to Dave Ramsey, but that's right. not, you know, what he's work, doing here. Yeah, yeah, it's not what this right? is. Yeah, and that's the case with all those references that Christ makes to money, except for the five I listed above. Hmm. So the point is, yes, Jesus does regularly employ monetary terminology to make points about faith in the kingdom, but 
rarely is he speaking about money per se. Yeah, yeah. So I would imagine that it provides like a practical, familiar, concrete way to make clear examples. Yes, which is what Jesus often does. Yeah, exactly. In the Gospels, you know, like he talks about the response of a person's heart using mm. soil. Like he's like, there are four types of soil. Yeah. Like that's just something you could go outside and look at. And, Mm -hmm. oh, I can understand now what the point he's making about the human heart. And Mm -hmm. same with money. Like, we interact and use money every day, pretty much. Like, you can understand how that those principles work, and he uses that as a way to talk about the kingdom or faith or make his point. So, yeah, again, if you count every mention that Jesus made of money— and you like went in your concordance and looked it up. Yeah, you could come up with 50 instances. But without looking at the context, you're not going to understand what he's actually saying. Mm-hmm. And again, I ran a search on just, just Jesus's mentions of hell. Mm-hmm. Okay, same dynamic. And uh, there were 17 mentions of hell. Mm-hmm. So if you run that search and you get 50 yeah. of the money versus 17 of hell, you're like, oh, yeah, look at that. Wow. <laughs> Versus like, oh, yeah, it's only five. Right. So really, this is your classic armchair research, (laughs) which is pretty familiar. I think we've we've all been there once or twice. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we've definitely all done that. You know what I mean? It's just recognizing when we've done it and being able to look at the data and then say, okay, you know what? No, no, no. Let's back that up. Yeah. Knowing how to interpret it. Yeah, exactly. Now, I do want to clarify here before we go much further. This is not to say that Jesus didn't have important things to say about money and possessions, Mm. right? And that he didn't teach about it. You know, one thinks of the famous saying uh, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, okay? That's a pretty big statement, you know, pretty important. But there's no need to artificially inflate Jesus's real teachings about money by saying something that's actually not true, such as Jesus talked more about money than heaven and hell combined, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that is, uh, I mean, ill-meaning or not, a pretty manipulative misrepresentation. Yeah. I mean, let's be generous and say that it is completely earnest. Sure. That will still skew your understanding, maybe even your relationship to the text and how that overlays your own life. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's not to say, if you do want to make the point that like, hey, again, there are whole books that are really kind of concerned with this issue. I mean, Proverbs, for example, Proverbs has a lot to say about wealth and Hmm. resource management, and it's full of all kinds of Proverbs, you know, on that stuff and wisdom for how to live that out. But, um, you know, Jesus, his uh, primary focus is a little bit different. Would you say, in especially like how you describe Proverbs, would it be fair to kind of characterize that under the banner of stewardship? Yeah. And the reason I bring that up is to kind of make this last minute argument here. There's a lot of information about stewardship in general, and it's yes. not all monetary. Right. It, it comes in many forms, and money is just one of the numerous things in which stewardship is relevant. Yes. And a Christ-like approach to that is relevant. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, like you take everything together. Well, let's use another parable that Jesus used that had monetary language in it, the parable of the talents. Mm. Well, like, yeah. talents there is not a reference to your skills and abilities. <laughs> like, talent, like, it was a, a monetary yeah. measurement that we've actually since appropriated to mean, like, oh, what are your talents? Like, That's what are so your skills and abilities? Why do we do this? Because uh, language is weird. That was, that was irresponsible <laughs> of us. But, He used that to say, like, how are you stewarding basically everything that's been entrusted to you as a believer? Mm. Um, Are you taking the approach to invest in it and take what's been given to you and use it wisely and use it according to the precepts of God's wisdom and use it to further the kingdom? Or are you the person who's like, well, I'm going to be an escapist and hide away and put my my stuff in the ground and not worry about it? It's very confounding if you stay in the very literal monetary world with that. Yes, exactly. And it's so enriching or challenging or frightening when you approach that in a more fully spiritual context. Exactly, exactly. Because like the way you handle and steward your money 
would be a subsect of that, but that would be like just one yeah. portion of it. Mm-hmm. So all this is to say is that this is a pretty simple matter of just looking at the words, um, get this in their context, Whoa, right? You know? Everybody's favorite until it disproves <laughs> our right. point. Like we, we love that. And I've been there, you know, when it's like, yeah, yeah look at that. And they're like, what well, did you look at that? And I'm like, dang, <laughs> never. It. Slowly, yeah. Slowly <laughs> yeah, like, like shadow just descends <laughs> upon my face, you know? Um, and so I think that's the bigger answer to the second question about like what we should learn from all this, okay? Mm. We have access to Bibles that thanks to the internet and tools like Logos and Accordance and Blue Letter Bible, I mean, whatever you want to use, these things are like easily searchable. The things you can do with them. I mean, what an amazing gift. You talk about like armchair research, but like in a very different way. It took me literally less than a minute to pull all the information I used (laughs) To research this podcast, like, and I had like had to read it, and, you know, go through it, and check, yeah. but like, to actually just pull the research. Otherwise, I'd have had to like sat down with a concordance mm-hmm. in my Bible no, and no, like no, 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 no. be able to like determine like I go, I need to look at everywhere where like the word denarius was used, talent was used, money was used. like I'd have to look for all those things, yeah, and try to compile them one by one. And I mean, that could have taken hours. Certainly. I went into Logos, put in one quick search, boom. It took me like 20 seconds, if that, to type it to make sure I got like all my, yeah. you know, search parameters right. And then boom, I have all of that right there. It's just amazing. It's amazing. So um, this is another reminder of how important it is to cultivate the mindset of the noble Bereans in mm. Acts 17. I think that's like part of the overall driving point. Those folks examined the scriptures daily to verify the teachings of Paul and Silas to make sure that what they were saying about Jesus was true and in accordance with the Bible. And by the by, here's, here's just for fun, you know, just a, and not, not a guilt trip, but just a little, you know, it's just, just a little interesting, just a little interesting sidebar that, uh, you know, they didn't have their own copies of Torah scrolls or anything. You know, that just was like, wasn't the reality back then. It's like, right. they'd have had to have gone to the synagogue, <sighs> pulled it out. You know what I mean? Like, pulled out each scroll. Uh, no chapters or verse numbers either, by the way. Exactly. Like, you had just have to know where no, this stuff no is. Big headings. Yeah. And like, just know where it is and find it. And uh, so, you know, it's just pretty impressive. It's like the microfiche system. <laughs> The ancient Dewey Decimal. <laughs> That's it. Sounds absolutely terrible. <laughs> Unroll the scroll, like, go a little further, like, oh, no, wait, roll it back up, back, back up to that point. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh. Yeah. So, I mean, again, just think about it, like, in positive terms. What a gift we have in being able to carry, for example, multiple translations of the scriptures in our pockets that are searchable. Like, yeah. even, like, something as uh, simple as version, the version app. Oh, All sure? the translations, and you can search. It's amazing. It's amazing. So, um... At any rate, surround yourself with teachers who you can generally really trust, you know, that you don't have to constantly be asking, is that right? Mm. Like, are they are they saying the right thing? But at the same time as the old saying goes, you know, trust but verify, yeah. like the Bereans did. Yeah. So there's a little little parable for you from Jesus did not teach more about money than he did about heaven and hell combined. Mm. Wouldn't you know? Wouldn't you know? Just a little, just a little research. Just unlock that little little treasure trove. Uh, ah, see there, treasure trove, because mm. it's a monetary description, but... <laughs> Actually, I guess treasures could be things could other be than anything. just money. So. But there's still value attached. Yeah, yeah. So mm. anyway, hey, you know what? If if you thought there was value in this podcast, Whoa. you want to leave us an honest five-star review. And that would be valuable to us. That would be. Look at this. Just trade and value. Mm. Left, left, right, and center. Down the... We, no money in exchange for that. No, that's true. But, but it's not really any gain there. Yeah, except for... The emotional gain. Yes, yes. And spiritual edification, yeah, encouragement, yeah. etc. So, yeah. <laughs> and if you have any questions on this or any other topic, feel free to email us at podcast at horizonschurch.net or interact with us on social media. Thank you, as always, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.